0: You are listening to The Booth Podcast, Saskatchewan's home for unfiltered sports analysis, hot takes, and wild, wild conversations.
1: Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to The Booth Podcast, a very special edition of the booth podcast it's episode 50 our 50th happy 50th everybody thanks for everyone who's been listening through all 50 episodes we really appreciate it we're happy to keep doing it for you here but with that out of the way we do need to talk some cfl we are through week one the season is ready to go we're going to get right into it as always i am Shonsby joined by Davey O'Doyle how are we today dave um week 1 was we never know what to expect but week 1
0: was it was interesting let's say that right For interesting sure. stuff happened so let's uh, let's fire through
1: here let's do it let's start out by recapping week 1 in the CFL we started it out with the matchup between the Montreal Alouettes and the Calgary Stampeders, a great first game. Couldn't ask for a better first game the way that turned out. A 30 to 27 win for Calgary. What were your thoughts?
0: Um, it was, you know what I mean? Like it's, a, I'm glad we got a good game to start off the year. Yeah. That's good. That's all we can ask for. Um, I, I feel worse about the game after seeing the rest of the league. You yeah. know what I mean? Because... I'm not so sure how I feel about either of those two teams. there. And then stand back got hurt and well, I looks like he got shook up a bit, right? Like you never, I'm not sure what to think of these teams anymore. But like I said, I'm glad the game was good, right?
1: Yeah. Yeah. That stand back injury is tough to lose. Yeah. <sighs> I, I I blame TSN a little bit because they were hyping him up so much during the broadcast. Like he's lost ten pounds, he's running different this year. He just <laughs> looks like a different back. He's going to be better than last year, and broken ankle. So yeah,
0: I said they, they said like they hope that he can come back by the end of the yeah. year, but like that's an ankle one. for a running back. Like I don't know about that.
1: Yeah, that's and the way he just immediately. Got, got hit right down low there and just immediately grabbed for that ankle. It, yeah. it didn't look good. Yeah. On the other side of the ball, you mentioned it too, Bo, Bo Levi did end up leaving the game at the end with the injury. But I'm not sure it was the worst thing. He started real hot and it was like, okay, it's the old Bo Levi. He's back and then cooled down real quick. I mean, there's something to be
0: said for what we were talking about last week with maybe Jake Mayer's time's coming sooner than we think, right? Because it it honestly looks like it could be that way. And then to have him finish out the game and still get the win at the end, right? Like, yeah, I don't know, man. Raises a lot of questions if if you're uh, going around Calgary, right?
1: I think I'll raise the question. Do you think this could be Bo's farewell season?
0: Are we for sure getting the expansion thing next season? I don't no, think so. That's
1: that's still right. way up in the air. So yeah.
0: said if that was the case, I would 100 percent think so. Yeah. At this point, I'm not sure. Is it I don't think is it a contract here for Bo? I have no
1: clue what his contract is. If, if, if
0: it is, so. then probably. But if it's yeah. not, then I would expect they'll just keep him, even if he's not the starter. This might yeah. be the last season where Bo goes into camp as the de facto earned starter though, right? Yeah. That's probably a realistic
1: opportunity. Definitely. On the other side of the quarterback room, there with Vernon Adams, he looked mediocre. He looked like Vernon Adams. Like said, so he is what he is. Yeah. Like said, so I I'm
0: still of the camp that I would start Trevor Harris, right? But
1: yeah, I think I think I'm I'm right in the middle. I don't know. Um, when Vernon's making plays they're good plays and he's he's getting points on the board when he's making mistakes there's mistakes that are costing you games so he's either winning you the game or he's losing you their game i said i'd rather
0: have trevor harris who won't cost you the game and cookie can win games but he's just a better distributor of the ball if you're trusting your team to be good i would rather have trevor harris leading my team than i would uh, just a wild card, right? You don't know yeah. what you're getting for an out
1: and and he's he's a good change of pace guy. If you want to throw a guy in for a for a running package or yeah. something like that, throw him in. We did that in Saskatchewan when we had him. He was our yeah. our kind of red zone running kind of guy. So I would say I would be leaning a little bit towards the yeah. Uh, maybe it's time for. Trevor Harris feels weird to say it's time for Trevor Harris after week one performance out of Vernon Adams. That wasn't terrible, but.
0: I mean, I felt that way before this. I think that's the biggest takeaway from this was I felt that way last year when they re-signed Vernon Adams, I was confused by it because the way I see football and would want my team to be, if I was the Owls, I would go with
1: Trevor Harris, but yeah. But yes, that wrapped up the kickoff game of the season with the 30-27 to victory for the Calgary Stampeders. We moved on to the first edition of Friday Night Football 25, the 25th anniversary of Canadian Football Friday Night Football uh, with another really good game between Ottawa and Winnipeg. A game I thought was going to be a blowout. I knew that we had the reshaped Ottawa team, but it was the back to back defending champs. But oh, a 19 to 27 win from Winnipeg. And on the Ottawa side, Jeremiah Masoli looked. Good. What was the score? 19 to 17. Oh, you said 19 to 27. I was oh, like, hold well, on, there, Chief. 1917. Yeah. Yeah. 19 27. But yeah. Jeremiah Masoli would look good. He was not afraid to let the ball fly, sling it downfield. That's a quarterback I would like to have, a guy who's just not afraid to just put it downfield.
0: There must have been some mental thing, right, with the fans chanting for Dane Evans and clamoring for him in Hamilton, right? Like there had to be some mental strain on him. He got some Carson Wentz ghosts in him, right? The Nick Foles effect. He got some of that in him because he looked different, right? He looked good. It was interesting for me, like it like shook me for a second when I saw, oh, they're in Winnipeg and there's Darvin Adams wearing an Ottawa red-black uniform, yeah. right? I was like, wow, look at that, hey! But I said, Ottawa has a lot of potential to be really sneaky. We know what Winnipeg is, but I think this looks like the year – that's it, it's only week one, so who knows. But it looks like this is the year probably finally after last season where, hey, man, Winnipeg's not de facto – like, you can't beat this team, right?
1: Yeah. Um, I think the biggest story coming out of this game happened in the last minute or so with, once again, Zach Caleros takes off running, decides for some reason he's going to dive head first, gets hit cleanly as a ball carrier, going down head first, bounces his head off the turf, Lays there for about 30 seconds before he gets up and tries to play the game again before the spotters have to call him out of the game. And Winnipeg fans were upset. I mean, that's why the spotters
0: are there, though, right?
1: right? Fans who care more about Caleros being in there to try and win them the game than Caleros's health as a person and a quarterback in this league need to grow up. This is a human being who's out there trying to make a living. He got hurt and you're upset that the league is taking steps to prevent lifelong injuries? I think
0: the the thing that really makes it really ridiculous is that it's week one. Right? If you lose this game, you're 0-1. This changes essentially almost nothing. Right? Like, if this was fighting for a playoff berth or a playoff game, you got upset. Hey, like, you should think about the guy clearly, but I could understand being a little bit more upset
1: yeah.
0: if this was like a do or die thing, but this 100%. was one with the last minute of the game left. Man, just pull him out. Like, it's not that big of a deal.
1: Yeah. Um, good on the spotters yep. for making that decision to pull him out. It was obvious that he was having issues. Yep. It, it was needed. Yeah. Um, so then Drew Brown comes in. Is that his name, Drew Brown? I think so. Yeah, I think so. Drew Brown comes in. At that point, I was like, okay, well, backup quarterback's in. That's game. Ottawa's going to win this thing. And they forgot how to play football. Just didn't look like the team that had been playing that whole game in that last minute. I – As a Saskatchewan fan, I'm upset that that Winnipeg won. Of course, I was cheering very hard for Ottawa in that game, but it's one of those things, right? It comes down to good teams know
0: how to win games, and teams that like Ottawa, a brand new collection of guys coming together as a team, they don't know how to win yet, right? They don't exactly. They can't finish out the game, right? That's a classic case of that. So that's just what that was, right?
1: And to your point, it's week one this stuff's supposed to happen now and not yeah. later in the year. So if you can get it out of the way and learn how to win now as a team so that you get those wins down the road that are going to really mean something. Yeah. Good, good. Yeah. I, I'm excited to see this Ottawa team move forward this year.
0: I'm interested to see also how, what Winnipeg really is. Yeah. It was hard, it was hard for me to see exactly Especially for the offense, we know that defense generally is, but I'm not exactly sure what that offense is going to be yet. Right? So exactly it's interesting.
1: I'm going to ask you right now on the spot a little bit. If you had to pick right now after week one, who's winning the East? The East. The East.
0: That's so tough because we didn't see Toronto at all. Exactly. If we would have seen Toronto, this would be an easier question. Yeah. But from those teams, I think it's Ottawa. From those yeah. three teams we saw it be Ottawa, but we don't know what Toronto is. And Toronto finished first, at the end of last year. Exactly. Right? So, so, I think I, Ottawa showed the best effort of the three, but there's mm-hmm. another
1: team yet. It'll be interesting to see how Toronto does this week, especially against Montreal, who didn't play a bad game last week. No. Moving on to the game that we definitely watched the most of yeah. this week, and that was the Hamilton Tiger Cats and Saskatchewan Rough Riders a big win for the riders after a slow first three quarters three and a half quarters for both teams riders do get this one 30 to 13 what were your thoughts on this one
0: it was one of those like it felt like a broken a broken record like a rerun right like great our offense can't really move the ball and our defense is absolutely dynamite bailing us out right yeah and then, like we said, all of a sudden there's that explosion in the last quarter and a half of the game. Yeah. All the balls, all of a sudden, Claros is throwing these sideline balls on ropes to Shaq Evans, right? He's hitting Duke wide open with space. He's hitting Schaefer Baker at the back of the end zone. Like, hey man, did you were you playing sleepy, or did you <laughs> just like decide like, oh, we gotta win this game now? Or yeah. but like, hey man, it was said so you saw Schaefer Baker with his pom poms, you saw Duke doing an impromptu terrible cartwheel backflip. You saw, right? Like they're feeling it, right? They're feeling the juice. And I mean, I'm glad it only took three quarters for them to find
1: it, right? Yeah, exactly. Um, and you, you mentioned it, that defense. Oh, did it look good all game long? I think a highlight, and you brought him up last week, and he's kind of been maybe a sideline on this in this linebacking course. Larry Dean had a game. Every time I looked, it was Larry Dean was in on a tackle for sure. Yeah, there was that one where he was—he kept the edge, fought off a block, and made a
0: tackle, and they highlighted that on a TSN. And as like a, a guy who played linebacker, fan the defense—that
1: was—that was beautiful, right? Yeah, guy who hasn't played in, geez, three years now. Like I
0: guess with the year off, year off in the pandemic, right? Yeah,
1: yeah. So. For for not playing in that long to come out and have that game, mm-hmm. oh, he's not missing a step. No, he's good. The yeah, the rest of the defense, the secondary looked surprisingly good for guys who haven't really seen much action in the CFL. So
0: yeah, yeah, I mean, there's like a couple little breaks, but when our defense is playing that well, you mean. I don't remember what the stat was. I think there's like four or five turnovers. Yeah. Like six or seven, eight sacks or something it like was that. Eight right? sacks. Yeah. Like, hey man, you can slip up a bit, right? Doesn't change a whole lot.
1: Exactly. Pete Robertson, I, mean, I think, was a highlight on that yeah. defensive line. A guy who we didn't even really think was going to be starting, did end up starting over Charleston Hughes. Yeah. And oh, he looks good. He did look good. Yeah.
0: You know what guy I was surprised actually. Like, he didn't have this massive game or anything, but Jamal Morrow actually looked really good with the ball in his hand.
1: He did, yeah. For like sure. I, was, I was impressed. It's, it's never going to show on the stat sheet with this team about no. Jamal Morrow, but he just looked like he was running good. He, when he does run with the ball, he reminds me of William Powell, and I wonder if that's just from practicing under him last year and being in that offense with him last year, but like just kind like of the way he carries bit- himself.
0: He's a little bit shiftier than, yeah. than Powell, you know what yeah, I mean? Definitely. A little bit faster, but, like, very – just a very, very solid back that I didn't know what to expect, but he was solid.
1: Yeah, definitely. Um, Going back to the defense for a second, I mentioned his name just a second ago, is Charleston Hughes. And how nice to have a fresh Charleston Hughes in the fourth quarter. Just right. when you think about Charleston Hughes, it's always he has – a really hot start to the season and he tires out quick. And in that, he'll have a 10 sack season with eight in the first half and two in the second half of the season. So now you're getting a Charleston Hughes who is playing half the amount for the full season. So when you get in those fourth quarters, he's not fatigued like he always is. And yeah. he can make big plays and get fumble recoveries and things like that.
0: Right. Yeah. It's it's good. Right. Especially big time. He's He's a big time player, right? I think he's like 17 sacks away from the CFL record. Yeah. I think they said that, right? So, I mean, if this guy has a hell of a year, you could break the record this year. But, I mean, it's to have that caliber of guy as your rotational piece, right? Yeah. Ready to strike at any time from either side, right? It's, it's a good problem to have that you could have Robertson be playing more, right? Exactly.
1: On the Hamilton side of the ball, Dane Evans looked Rough,
0: yeah, like I mean, he was like kind of decent, and then he would just throw these like really awful picks, like really yeah. awful. Like that one to Derek Moncrief at the end was truly brutal, just like Bad. didn't even see Moncrief standing there in his zone, right? Like, yeah, I don't know what that was.
1: As a Hamilton Tiger Cat fan, I'm sure that is so tough to see Dane Evans have such a rough game and Masoli look so much better than Dane Evans did. That's got to make you feel like it's early, but it's got to give you that initial feeling of, oh, shit, we made the wrong decision. You can't even do like the,
0: oh, well, one played an elite defense, one didn't. Like the Riders and the Bombers are the best two defenses in the league for the yeah. past couple of years, right? These are both good defenses and they both played them, right? And one looked good and
1: one looked not very good. Exactly. I think we do have to talk about the fact that once again, I believe we saw Simone Lawrence taking a cheap shot at a rider's quarterback. It definitely wasn't a, a ch- as cheap of a shot as we've seen in the past from him, like uh, twenty nineteen his hit on Caleros. That it wasn't nearly on that level, but I still he got flagged for it. I don't know if he'll get fined for it, but. I still think it was a dirty hit.
0: I mean, this is Simone Lawrence's MO though, right? He's done this not once, not twice, not three times. He's done this loss to every team, right? I mean, just the way that Caleros was doing it on that play, like taking the impact and then turning around and backpedaling. I was like, oh, something bad's going to happen. And then of course it was the guy you would expect to take his shot at a free quarterback, Simone Lawrence that did, right? So I didn't hate it. I didn't love it. You know what I mean? I'm very a lot of it for me was it was Simone Lawrence. Yeah. If a different guy did it, I, I don't like that he did it. But hey man, you got you take your shots at the quarterback. That's what defense
1: is. But mm-hmm. yeah, Simone Lawrence not great, right? So I wonder we've seen things like this in other league, but this is CFL and maybe just football in general need to do something about repeat offenders like Simone Lawrence.
0: I think that is a bigger problem than the hit itself is that it was just a repeat offense, right? Exactly. And Simone Lawrence at this point is like the worst one in the CFL for it, right?
1: Yeah, I think it's maybe you got to look at guys who are doing this more than once, need to get heftier fines or fined for maybe hits that are a lesser degree than another guy would get fined for something along those lines. But I do think the CFL needs to implement something. Otherwise we're going to see the same thing keep happening. And if we're really serious about player safety and safety of quarterbacks, and you're going to have to do something about it, guys. Like yeah. we can't just sit here and act like it's going to change. Cause Simone Lawrence is going to keep making those hits. Cause if you don't do anything, What's going to stop him? Right. Yeah. Any clothing, closing thoughts on the Rider game this week?
0: Um. I mean, hopefully that – what we saw in the fourth quarter is the team we are, right? That first-half team, like, no matter what, our defense looks solid. Yeah. Um, but, like, I hope that offense is our fourth-quarter offense, and that's what we're going to be. Yeah. Um, like I said, just – we don't know how good Hamilton is or how bad Hamilton is. So we have to take it with a grain of salt, but it was a promising start anyways, a so big win.
1: For sure. A little impromptu, but give me a player of the game for you from this
0: player of the game. Uh, just cause I, I love the position. I'm going Larry. I'm still going
1: to yeah. go Larry Dean. Love we it. mentioned him before, but. I think I'll go Shaq Evans. I think we saw a different Shaq Evans from last year. And I think it was because Cody got him involved early to right. get him his, his, initial catch. And then he's going to go on to get three more in 92 yards. Like, yeah. Yep. Look good. Look good. Yeah. absolutely. Moving on to the final game of the weekend, the game we thought was really going to be, I don't want to say the toilet bowl of the West, but kind of, um, and honestly, it just turned into a really impressive performance from the BC Lions.
0: I mean, Rourke looked good. There's a lot of fans there for the first time in a long time, look good. Yeah. The running back Butler, right? James Butler, that's Holy, his name, absolutely yeah. went off. And for as much as you want to talk about Chris Jones, the tried and true formula for Chris Jones as he comes over, takes over, cleans house in year one puts on a stinky performance because he's just getting everything set up. Right. And it looked true to form because they looked terrible and they got roasted.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Arbuckle comes in. We're, we weren't sure who was really going to be the starter for Edmonton at quarterback. Was it going to be Cornelius? Was it going to be Arbuckle? Turned out it was going to be Arbuckle to start the year. And he starts it off with a really nasty three interception game. Um, Trey Ford. I believe is his name. Did get in at quarterback for a little while. He was the guy who was down at camp with, I want to say maybe the giants. Uh, They were using him as a wide receiver and he decided, no, I'm going to come to the CFL and play quarterback instead. Funny enough for this first game, he was listed at wide receiver on the depth chart for Edmonton. So uh, a little tough there, but did get his time at quarterback. Only got in for a little bit through an interception too, I think so. I mean, the biggest problem in Edmonton right now is going to be the quarterback room. That's really the, the glaring issue.
0: I mean, I, don't, I mean, there's not really much to say, man. BC looked good. Edmonton did not look good, right? It was a good old-fashioned shit-stomping, shit right?
1: Yeah. Uh, you said it before, too, the fans. BC leads the way in attendance after week one with 34,082 fans at that game awesome. Just great to see just so promising that we can see a team get turned around, bring things back from where they were a season and three, three years ago when they just weren't getting fans and they can do something like that.
0: I think it's so promising the fact that the team came out and showed out like that. Yeah. Cause I mean, if the new ownership group comes in and they bring people to the stands and you put out a stinker on the field, you're going to lose them so quick. Yeah. And just to come out and absolutely flex your muscles and stop Edmonton like that. It's a good sign for the ownership and for all the fans that came out. Right.
1: Yeah. It's a little tough when you have a game like that. Cause your TV numbers aren't going to be great. Cause I mean, when you have a game like this where it's 49 to six at halftime, most people are going to turn the game off, Yeah. but you've got 34,000 people in the stands. So who cares? Yeah. Um, You mentioned him too, James Butler, uh, three TDs last year, uh, three TDs this year in a quarter and a third. So matching his performance from last year already, um, Rourke as well has now has tied the record um, for touchdowns by a Canadian quarterback in a game with Russ Jackson. So some prestigious company there. And, yeah, not much more to say on that one. It was a blowout. It was – BC looked good, and I think it segues us well into our week two power rankings. Just a refresher from last week. Our kind of bottom of the of, of the power rankings was that BC and Edmonton realm. We had put BC at last just because question marks around the quarterback and stuff, but – shoot, did we look wrong? <laughs> they proved us wrong. They took that personal. Nope. Um, So coming in at nine this week is going to be the Edmonton Elks. I don't think there's any question about who the last team in the league, as far as power rankings is right now.
0: Don't get stomped, right? That's, <laughs> don't, it's that easy.
1: Don't be down 49 to six at halftime and yep. you won't be lost on the power rankings. Coming in at eight is going to be the Montreal Alouettes. I mean,
0: it's, it's just like, it's, we don't know what anything is right now, but they didn't look overly impressive. They lost their game and stand back went out. Right. So yeah. you're kind of, that's where you are for now.
1: Yeah. You're, it's not that you're bad. It's that you just didn't look great and other teams on this look list did look great. There's a lot of prestigious company in the CFL right now to try and compete with. So right now you're going to be eight Montreal and that sucks. Yep. Coming in at seven is going to be now the BC lions just put on a performance that we couldn't ignore. Yeah. I mean,
0: there's, there could be some argument made that they deserve to be higher, but Edmonton realistically is a weak opponent everybody knows that and that's probably going to hold up for the, the rest of the year, yeah. but they look strong in their game. We don't know what the landscape is, but you moved up two spots because you put on a good show,
1: right? Yeah, exactly. Um, I'm going to go down six and five at the same time here. So we can kind of talk about, because these are two teams that I think are really close right now in the power rankings and could go either way. So we've got six is the Ottawa red blocks. Five is the Calgary Stampeders.
0: And then we were talking about this The logic was Calgary deserves a little bit more respect for the team that they've been and the fact that they won their game, but we Ottawa realistically probably played a better opponent and looked very good, but because of the respect and the one and no record, we had to put Calgary at five ahead of Ottawa.
1: Exactly. You just can't ignore a win versus a loss. Right. Coming in at number four is going to be the Hamilton Tiger cats. Dropping down one spot here, they didn't play a very good game. I mean, they played a very good team in Saskatchewan, so it's tough, but it's also tough that we haven't seen Toronto, so it's tough to drop them below a team that we haven't yeah. seen. But, like I said, I mean, this
0: is like for how, for the effort that was shown by that Hamilton offense, especially, like I said, I, for their sake, they better pick it up because they're going to fall on these power rankings quick if they don't.
1: They sure are coming in at three. Is going to be the Toronto Argonauts. We haven't seen anything from them yet. They had the bye week one, so they got first in the East last year. So that's kind of what we're going off of.
0: Yeah, they're three.
1: They're three. Coming at two is still going to be the Saskatchewan Rough Riders. We wanted to put them first, we really did. Yeah,
0: but you have, but when the two time defending Grey Cup champs are also one and oh. Against probably he's going to be a good team in Ottawa. You have to put them one, but hey, man, Saskatchewan looks promising, look good, boys.
1: Yeah, I'd say I wouldn't be shocked to see Saskatchewan climb up to number one in the coming weeks here. Yeah, that's it true. would not It would not surprise me. So we'll see what happens there. And you mentioned it coming in at one is the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. They're one and oh, the two time defending Grey Cup champions. What can you do? Yeah, so I would ask. That wraps up our week two power rankings. A real quick one there, going through it again. At nine, the Edmonton Elks. At eight, the Montreal Alouettes. Seven, the BC Lions. Six, Ottawa Red Blocks. Five, Calgary Stampeders. Four, Hamilton Tiger Cats. Three, Toronto Argonauts. Two, Saskatchewan Rough Riders. And number one, the Winnipeg Blue Bombers.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: There we go. All right. Wrap that up, mm-hmm. which really officially. Moves us into week two in the CFL. Starting it off on Thursday night is going to be our first appearance of the Toronto Argonauts this year. I mean, Montreal heading into BMO field to take on the Argos. I said, this is interesting because we haven't seen Toronto yet. Montreal
0: played an okay game. Vernon Adams is still kind of shaky. Standbacks out. My guess is Toronto wins this game but we have no idea. We could come on Toronto could absolutely
1: stink up the room, right? We don't know that, but. Exactly. Um, I can't, I can imagine that they could lose. But I don't really see it happening. I think Montreal just didn't show enough for me to think that they're going to beat the team that came in first in the regular season from the East last year. I think you talk. Vernon Adams versus McLeod Bethel Thompson. I'm going to take Macbeth every time in that conversation. So the team, like I said, I, yeah, now, I think just like
0: the the roster Toronto has, right? If yeah. that team plays as good as they can play, they look like the better team, right?
1: Exactly. They're the Calgary Stampeders from a couple of years ago. <laughs> that's the players they're taking from right now because that's what their coaching staff is made up from. So. Calgary was I said, good. Toronto's going to be good, too. I said, I'll ride, I'll ride uh, Toronto for the win here. I will also ride Toronto. So That's that there. Moving on to a rematch from Friday Night Football. Last week, Friday Night Football. This week will again be the Winnipeg, Blue Bombers and Ottawa Red Blacks in Ottawa this time. This is interesting. I'm excited for this one.
0: Yeah, I so said this is probably the most interesting matchup of the week because they just played, yeah. because they just played a really tight game, and that both these teams look really good, right? Yeah. Um, the law of averages is that you're going to split them, and I, I tend I tend to think that Ottawa's not going to shoot themselves in the foot this time like they did last week. I think Mazzoli, in his first start at home in Ottawa, is going to put on a show, and they're going to they're going to beat Winnipeg this time. I'll put out and say that.
1: Okay. I think Winnipeg needed to get some kinks out last week. And I think, I mean, it doesn't sound like they're going to lose Caleros for any time. It looked like he was actually cleared to go back in the game last week after being out for three plays. But with the game already being sealed, basically at that point, there wasn't any reason. So I think, yeah, Winnipeg needed to get some kinks out. Ottawa's still a newer team. I think Winnipeg's going to be better than they were last week. I'm going to go Winnipeg on this one. And like we said, it was 1917. So realistically, yeah. this game would go either way, right? Exactly. Yeah. The first game of Saturday will be the Calgary Stampeders heading to the donut box in Hamilton to take on the Hamilton Tiger Cuts.
0: I think this game is going to tell us a lot about these two teams. Yeah. Because I think they're both underwhelming in my eyes. I think Jake Mayer, if he plays, which I haven't heard anything about it, but regardless is not dropping off a lot from Bolivite, anyways. No. So I mean, see, this is going to say a lot about these teams. If it's really competitive, they might both not be that great. Or if one of them blows the other out, that might say a lot about, the team that won, right? But exactly, it's interesting to see, right? Week one, there's so much parity still, we don't know. But I think this game, more than the rest, is going to tell us a lot about these specific two teams.
1: Yeah, yeah, an interesting one. Um, we said it before Dane Evans just had a bad game, it's going to be interesting to see if he if that's a one game thing or if this is really what Dane Evans is like when he doesn't have Masoli's shoulder to lean on. Right. This one's tough for me. This is the toughest game of the week. Toughest game to pick this week. Just because they're two unknowns. I think based on them being at home, I'm going to go Hamilton on this one.
0: Okay. I'm going to go Calgary actually when I think about it, but. I, said, I definitely can see it going either way, right?
1: Yeah, definitely. That brings us to the last game of week two. Of course, we get to end off with a sweet, sweet treat with the Saskatchewan Rough Riders. They are taking on the Edmonton Elks, so this could be this could be nasty.
0: It's going to be ugly, right? Yeah. I don't see it's... how that defense that defense can play that well from Saskatchewan side and then face the mess that was the Elks and Nick Arbuckle
1: and have a lot of trouble, right? Exactly. It doesn't seem like it's going to happen. Seems like we're going to end off with yeah, a bit of a blowout here. I hope we're not jinxing anything by saying that, but geez, Edmonton just
0: but, looks so bad. I'm, I'm going to say 38, 10 again. I'm just going to have the riders win 38, 10 every week until it actually
1: happens. I think this might be worse than 38, 10. I think I'm going to go. <laughs> something in the realm of jesus oh bc put up 59 what can we do are we gonna hit six bills here we're gonna get (laughs) in the 60s no i'll say we win this one 53 to 13 holy smokes yeah. I'm, a, the only
0: reason I said 38 10 without taking it is because I said it last week. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm just going to keep saying it. <laughs> Love
1: it. So, yes, full taking Saskatchewan here. Um, that does wrap up week two for our picks. I think I, we're going to get a few good games this week again. I think. And it's great to see after getting the good games we did last week. It's good for the league. Yeah.
0: I feel like. I feel like, honestly, the only bad game is probably going to be the rider game, but we're going to love it because we're just going to probably stomp on it. Exactly. Right, unless we've all jinxed it. Everybody I've heard in Saskatchewan has jinxed it because we all were like, wow, we're going to stomp the Elks, right? But unless we've jinxed it, that's probably going to be the one game that's not great. But the rest of them seem like there's a realm where they're all pretty close, right?
1: Yeah. Yes, again, that does wrap up week two in the CFL. Any closing thoughts for this episode, the 50th episode of the booth podcast here?
0: I mean, it's been fun, man. I'm looking forward to it every week. It's fun. I like talking about it. It's good to get your opinions out there. It's good to have something to do. Um, like I said, I think this week, the game to watch for me is still that Friday night football game. Yeah, I think that rematch there, Winnipeg-Ottawa it's going to show us what kind of team Ottawa is, if they can... Take the, take the next one, and then we'll see between Calgary and Hamilton if they're two bad teams or if there's one of each or they're two good teams, right? We're going to see that probably see that pretty quick.
1: Exactly. Yeah, I think uh, aside from Saskatchewan and Edmonton, we've got three games that are going to show us a lot about teams. Yeah. And, I mean, if Saskatchewan Edmonton goes completely sideways from what everyone thinks it's going to do, it's going to show us a lot about those two teams too. Yeah. So, yeah, it's going to be a good one. As always, follow us on Instagram and Twitter at the EC. Go buy some merch. All the links to our merch stores and our YouTube and the podcast are all on our socials. So head over there. As always, I've been Rich. He has been Dave. This has been The Booth Podcast. Happy 50th, everybody. We'll see you for the next 50.
0: Thank you for listening to the
1: Beach Podcast.